I believe everybody should have an opportunity. I started Joe Token to build that opportunity to teach poor kids how to trade because that's what changed my life. Welcome to a Bit Cryptic Podcast, where we interview top crypto experts to take you down the rabbit hole into the world of cryptocurrency. Now, it's time to get a bit cryptic. How's it going, Cryptonauts? This is Jeff Peterson, and I'm here with my co-host, Alain Leon. A.K.A. Bitcoin Bango. How you doing today, brother? Doing good. And we are here with two really super interesting guests. The first guest is Matt Herrick, co-founder of Deedcoin, which allows people to buy and sell homes at a commission as low as 1%. That's compared to the typical 6% seen in many states and leverages blockchain technology to facilitate those low fee transactions. He's also co-founder of LedgerLeap, which is a company that helps build token sales from the ground up. And he's currently working with players like the co-founder of OpenTable, Priceline and IBM XPRIZE winners. The other interesting guest we have on the podcast today is Joe Santinello, who is the managing director of the over-the-counter trading desk at Blockchain Industries, Inc., meaning that he makes big old multi-million dollar trades on the daily. In addition to this episode, you might want to refer back to our Kevin Zhu episode, who ran the OTC trading desk at Kraken, if you want to have a little more information on how all that stuff works. So in addition, Joe co-founded CPO Ventures, which is trying to bring standards to the OTC industry and the OCT crypto industry, I should say. And he's trying to fix everything that's broken about the industry. And he's trying to be the, the bringer of light and justice, basically. So welcome, guys. It's super cool to have you here today. Welcome. Glad to be here. Yeah, thank you guys for having us. So just briefly, I want to dive into how the hell you landed to where you are today because I feel like everyone in crypto has this very circuitous journey and you guys are probably no exception. Yeah, I'll let you take that oh, one okay. first. <laughs> I'm happy to. So, um, so actually, why don't you guys introduce yourself so you know whose voice oh, is whose. So I'm Joe. Like you said, I am the managing director guy. <laughs> no, but uh, my crypto journey started with uh, video games, actually. I um, was involved since since late 2010. I was trading, uh, my guild leader told me that I could literally turn on a program and run stuff with my graphics cards and mine Bitcoin and I could trade it for video game gold. And so what happened was, is I ended up doing that and realizing later in 2011 that this is actually something really cool. Like this is something very interesting. I mean, work in politics and I'm, even though I work there, I really am not a fan of government, you know, that libertarian mindset. And so I ended up getting further and further into it, telling campaigns about magical internet money and how they should accept it. And uh, they laughed at me. I think the first one was Lucas Oberby in Florida. The second was Congressman Polis, who ended up using uh, you know Bitcoin as a way to transact. And about what year are we talking about here? 2014, 2013, somewhere okay. around there. Life's been a blur, to say the least. Up until about 2015, I wasn't really super into the OTC space, minus little trades for friends. And uh after that, Bitcoin blew up. Everybody wanted it. And my friends were like, hey, Joe, remember that magical internet money you told us about? <laughs> you started getting all those calls. Yeah. And so congressmen, you know, politicians, or former congressmen, you know, other public figures, you know, clients, banks, things like that, they wanted some for themselves. They needed larger amounts than what Coinbase could really offer them at the time. So I'd facilitate those transactions between them and miners that I knew back then. Long story short, we are, you know, fast forward to 2017, it was booming. You know, we were doing very well. The scams were probably one in, you know, one in seven, one in 10. Uh, now it's nine in 10. 
you know, where we're at today, everything's, you know, fake. And so I'm creating something to really bring it. There's really nine and 10 scams um, for, I'd say for over the count. Nine out of ten. Nine, Nine out, out of ten, 10 are, scam, are scams right now. Like uh, in terms of ICOs or, or OTC? Oh, OTC. OTC. Oh, OTC. Okay. They, I should go they, into that a little bit more. I don't oh. think a lot of people understand. Oh, so like, you're, I'm, I'm spending about 17 hours a day on the phone. I think one of them results in a real transaction. There's about 600,000 newfound OTC brokers. None of them have closed transactions. I can name of six that are actually solid in this industry that I've closed with in the past and amazing deals with. And the rest of them are trying to get in. I'm pr- I want to see people becoming entrepreneurs. I want people to be involved. The biggest problem is, is they don't have the experience and the ICO CEOs and the ICO directors are all now OTC brokers. And they're like, oh, I have 100,000 Bitcoin. I, you know, another CEO told me from another CEO. None of them have actually seen these coins. They're just taking a leap of faith. I developed a chain analysis program, a way for me to really analyze this stuff way back because I couldn't have my clients buying stuff from the dark web or from you know being used in you know terrible situations on the dark web and you know child pornography, things like that, which back then there was an issue. And I was a verified broker with a GTG key back in 2014, 2015. What what does that mean exactly? Um, So essentially, there was a group of people. We all used random usernames. And uh, we were able to verify each other with signed messages that we were verified OTC brokers before there was anything. And it's gone now. Nobody uses it anymore. Because we had people's names like Damoon and Ass as literally, <laughs> yeah. you know, your OTC broker Ass yeah. over here is the guy you yeah. want to trust with $100 million. Back then you were trusting yeah, him with... just an anonymous person. You're yeah. Like, yeah. But you got rep that way. And so I kind of want to bring that style back except create a legitimate process for it. And uh, using the protocols that I've built, using the ways that people can really become broker Joes, become clones of me. And for one, it's really selfish. I'm doing it to save me time. But at the same time, I'm really hoping to verify, like, legitimize the industry and bring back what, we, um, what we've lost and make us uh, be able to actually transact globally on a legitimate platform. So you're decentralizing the tools to become an OTC trader. How very mm-hmm. crypto of you. <laughs> <laughs> what a shocker, right? <laughs> <laughs> so surprising. <laughs> Let's talk about you, Matt. I don't have as hefty of an experience with crypto, not in the years that, that Joe has. I got into crypto about two years ago as a way to kind of hedge my clients' investments in real estate. It was a 2016, it was kind of safe. And then 2017, no one cared about real estate (laughs) (laughs) at all. But the one problem that everyone was left with is at the end of every transaction, we didn't charge real estate commission, but everyone else did. So it didn't matter how good of a client experience they had. Everyone walked away from the closing table, cursing, swearing, just (laughs) pissed off that some guy came and put a sign in their lawn and took some pictures and then they just... Sounds like OTC. Yeah, just stroked a (laughs) $45,000 check. It doesn't matter how, you know, good of a job that you do or how great of your client experience. It doesn't matter 80 grand is 80 grand. Nobody likes paying anybody else 80 grand ever. So my co-founder and I, Charles, uh, we built a platform that made, I guess, I guess similar to Joe, putting yourself out of a job, mm-hmm. right? Um, we built a platform that automates uh, real estate transactions. So the administrative work, the paperwork, right? And speeds up the transactions much faster. And then we went and tried to raise some money. Mm-hmm. Well, traditional ventures, the amount of uh, equity may seem very small in the beginning. I'm sure some VCs that will eventually listen to this will probably get annoyed. But uh, 
equity is the one thing that you can never get back. You can sell it once and you'll never, ever, ever get it yep, back. So we watched a couple of our close friends in the industry have very bad experiences with venture and we decided to do a raise instead. Token sale raise, you mean? No, we, at this point we were going to do a, <laughs> just a, a traditional uh, ICO and we went to the powers that be. We talked to some SSEC regulators and even went as far as SSEC prosecutors or sorry, um, the prosecutors that they uh, cooperate with. Apparently, the SEC can't actually get you in trouble. They just hand a file the that US has attorney. your name on yeah. it to uh, the US attorney. And we're like, oh, we built this uh, platform. It does real estate stuff. We're going to sell it. And then we'll build a broker network to support it. So basically, we're going to build a network full of people that are willing to work for 80, 90% less money than they've been making for the last 150 years. And they said, okay, well, that sounds really good. Are you going to sell tokens and then you're going to build this broker network to make it usable afterwards? And we're like, yes. And they're like, that's a security. And you'll go to jail if you do that. What was the analogy you gave? Like, it's like if you want to buy tickets to go across the Grand Canyon. Oh, yes. But then once you buy the tickets, you're trying to cross and you're like, where's the bridge? You're like, oh, we haven't built it yet. We're raising the money with these tickets. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, I got into, I became friends with a lobbyist, uh, actually a blockchain advocate and uh, crypto. I, I hate to say like crypto lobbyists i mean there shouldn't be a different we should be we should just be lobbyists no, yeah we should be mobilized behind our community and start backing politicians that believe in us I but agree, that 100%. being said i got in touch with him because somebody called me right that was in a conference in denver and it's like some guy is telling your story right now he held up the phone and I heard him and I was like, that's my story. Stick around here and I need you to put that guy on the phone. As soon, <laughs> yes. as, soon as he's done speaking, I want to talk to him. Because we talk in stories. That's yeah. how we are. We are storytellers. So the long story short, they said we would basically get in a lot of trouble. We're like, well, we don't want it to be a security. That would be great. Thank you. We don't want to sell a solution to only non-Americans or very wealthy Americans. That's, those aren't the people who get hurt by cutting somebody a check for the most, you know, 6% of the most valuable thing that they own in their life. So to us, Deedcoin wouldn't work until it could be sold to everyone. Right. So we went so back you, so and you asked built them. built the whole broker network. Oh, yeah. We went back and asked them, like, how do we make it so it's not a security and we can sell the regular people? And they're like, ah, it better be usable by every single person in America before you sell a single token. And we're like, well, that would require brokers in every single state. And they said, ah, that sounds tough. Good luck. <laughs> get out of my office yeah and so then you did, did it right we did yeah right now deedcoin is the uh one of the largest real estate brokerage networks on the planet 100 and we have brokerages in 163 cities all 50 states and puerto rico and we happen to be 30 something percent larger than that three billion dollar redfin that can only take commission down to four percent if anyone's keeping track that was kind of like the halo plateau moment like this is amazing we built the thing and then we got phone calls from like jeff was saying um industry leaders in uh, the tech space um like airstays which is uh, the founder of open tableism all that actually like joe was talking about about how nine times out of ten whatever crypto thing that you're doing, whatever conversation you're having nine times out of 10, it's a scam. It's a scam. Right. So like, 
So actually, I think that's a good transition point because one of the things I want to focus on. That's is, not a horrible place to end. Crypto things, scams. One of the things I want to focus on this episode because you guys have like this unique experience, kind of like behind the scenes that most people don't get to see. I want to like kind of lift up the skirt, the skirt, so to speak, and uh, kind of hear about some of the interesting stories that you guys have. Um, you don't have to name names all or like PG, say anything all the incriminating. PG-rated ones. Yeah. Uh, the PG-rated ones that you know, won't follow you for, you for the rest of your career if you tell them out loud. PG-13, since that's my whole company, it's going to out them anyways. I'll push that would PG-13. be a great name so for a company. PG-13? PG-13. <laughs> tell us some of like the, just the, the dirt, basically. I want to I hear some dirt. Well, see, it's like it's going to be hard to narrow that down because I guess people don't know the dirt is there. You can't really like start off like, well, tell me about this one or tell me about, you know, this crazy price gouging that's going on in the industry or. Yeah, you have a ton of experience with the price gouging side of things. When you told me yes. how much some of this stuff I've been paying a fortune for actually really cost, it blew my Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, like what? Like, I don't want to name names, but there are blockchain development companies out there that will charge you twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 for a smart contract. The very first time Joe and I were on the phone, we came up with the idea of Super Pack Coin, which is my one of many plugs that will probably happen <laughs> throughout Super the episode. Coin. Yes. And he's like, oh, we, we should build this. We should, you know, because we're big believers in the, our community, the blockchain community, getting involved in politics uh-huh. and protecting, protecting the community. But uh, yeah, we whipped up Super Pack Coin. It's a, <laughs> it's a two, two, three. It's a that's a type of Ethereum for or that yeah I'm not going to even go down that road if we're going to go into tangents but yeah we built we built Super Pack Coin in about thirty minutes that's it thirty minutes yeah. we after spent, the one screw up we yes yes it would have been done in far less than thirty minutes but one of our developers did not check his spelling so if you had to pay about twenty to thirty thousand dollars per contract how about how much money would you have spent on those twenty to thirty minutes. Sort of kind of like asking, you know, because yeah. the original point was is that these other people out there are charging Everyone's so much. charging twenty or $30,000 for ERC-20. There's a couple of people that are actually able to execute 223 in the and States. And I'm a big believer of 223s because it actually protects a lot of the problems of transferring tokens. Just explain 223 real yeah. quick for the non- Yeah, just a quick explanation of 223 yeah. for... The easiest way is it's like your... Imagine if you had a... You know, like a Geo Metro that was also as fast as a Ferrari it just uses one tenth of the gas. That's a two two three. Mm-hmm. The easiest. So it's, explanation. A, it's a better ERC twenty. It's, it's better, much more, more efficient, efficient, cheaper. It actually protects you Faster. from sending it to the wrong places. Because <laughs> yep. if you send it to like I think it was a Coinbase wallet, it actually sends it right back to you. Yep. Yep. I guarantee there are people listening that probably contributed to a token sale somewhere that used their exchange wallet and then never got their tokens and went mm-hmm. into somebody's Telegram channel and yelled, somebody, you know, I never got my tokens. And this prevents that. <laughs> and 223 is the future for that. But you're sure. talking about a 223 would be two to three times that amount. So what we built for Joe in about 10 minutes and then had to build again because there was a typo. People charge thirty. Cost, actually, yeah, thirty, forty thousand dollars. But mm-hmm. I don't know if they would have billed you twice for their typo. But no, it would have been very have, expensive. Depending on certain companies in this industry, they absolutely would have billed yeah. you more for the typo. They charge forty thousand dollars to write a white paper. It sucks. Yeah, or they, you go to I, everyone goes to these ICO listing sites. I can't name specific ones. The very, very, very well ranked, well respected ones that are not price gougy and not absolutely ridiculous um, are owned by two friends of mine. So everyone should go to uh, ICO hot list and top ICO list. Those guys actually have serious vetting. They actually, actually are real vetting. They're, yep. It's not a they buy have your six way ans- six It's not pay to win. It's no. not pay to win. I love it. Do you know there's actually exchanges that use ICO hot list as a way to kind of 
vet tokens before they go on exchanges. Really? I yep. did not know that at all, actually. They're actually really, uh, really strict. But then there's other ones like, you know, ICO something or other. They have advisors that are on 300 projects and can't accurately be on a project (laughs) more than two minutes a day, and then uh, they're magically the top advisor in the world. So, wait, hold on. (laughs) These type of people that you're talking about are on ICO listing sites that charge people nine Bitcoin a month to list. Mm -hmm. So, at one point in time, it's a hundred grand to list your token sale on just one of the hundred freaking ICO listing sites that are crowded the internet and get like... You're a startup. That's the same. That's actually why Charles and I started up, you know, took our development team that built Deedcoin, right? They, during the raise and during, when a, marketing is mostly done outside of office, the same people that are marketing a token are not the same people that are building usually the higher uh, contracting marketing companies. So let me ask a question here. So first we started talking about these people that are charging way too much for contracts. And now we're talking about ICO listings and folks that, that charge way too much for that as well. So it's all the, it's a, it's a giant overpriced market. It's, <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't even call it a bubble. It's actually true price gouging. Yeah. What it is, is people have cornered themselves saying, we are the only ones who can do this. But in reality, it's not the case. <laughs> and what they've done I've is... I've seen that with YouTube videos, too. They'll charge like 12000 a video. Oh, God, yeah. If, yeah. if, if, if we took Ty Lopez and put him into crypto, it's half these blockchain communities. You're not really getting anything of value, but you're getting some encouragement, I guess. Speaking and, of that, yeah. what about Mr. T- Mr. Uh, we're, we're connected to bench advisors that are uh, charging a bunch of money. But the thing is that it's, you know, he's not a bad guy. He created a wonderful program and it works, but you charge a fortune for it, right? The thing is a person that is starting out in this industry can never afford a $4,500 a month program. It's the no. same thing for a crypto startup. Unless you sell your soul for your token, you get these advisors that mm-hmm. charge you 50 Ether a month, 5% of your token raise, and they charge you your soul because they're taking it at a 95% discount. And these are the same people that get up at conferences talking about how we need to help each other out and that we all have to back each other and yep. support each other. But if they're charging so much money, why are they still around? I mean, usually like sort of the market. Well, every, now think- then, the, everyone, every now and then the market gets one right and boots them out. <laughs> well, thing, every now and again, we had it happen recently. I'm not going to name names, yeah. but you know, sometimes the market catches on. And they removed them. And they did get removed recently. I was very proud of that. But it, it's the same in OTC. I have people all day that are, you know, from the ICO world mm-hmm. that come to me and they're like, Joe, I have 150,000 Bitcoin for sale. I'm like, well, that'd be great. Can you onboard it at any of these escrows? Can you do anything to show me it's real? Here's $100 million that I represent right here that I can do a transaction today. You know, they've done KYC AML. They're a vetted public company. I'm happy to do it. Let's go. Oh, no, you have to talk to this person, this person, this person, this person. It turns out the end seller actually never existed because it's a giant circular chain that came back to a deal that I did two and a half years ago. So you're buying and selling to <laughs> you're buying and you're selling to yourself without knowing it. Exactly, it's really funny. It happens all the time. I actually, what I do on every single letter of intent that I put out, I actually put a watermark and a number on it. So what happens is all the time, my my letters of intent, which is something you would send to a buyer or seller saying that you represent somebody who is going to buy or sell this mm-hmm. large block. I watermark it because I've noticed that I get the same LOIs coming back to me. They have all the same wording, but a name change. The most hilarious one was one that had my same signature on it. My signature with somebody else's name underneath it. And it was my entire LOI. They changed the date, the sh- uh, letter of intent. intent. So it's a, an intent to sell, buy or sell Bitcoin, right? So 
and it's mine. I send it out. I, I refuse to send anything on my client's information on it. When I first got into this, it was about privacy, security, anonymity. My clients eventually get known when we make a transaction happen, whether it be a bank that happens and they're all under an NCNDA or if it be a private seller that is one of the OGs of crypto, they are known to the parties involved. What happens is, is there's too many brokers in a chain that kills deals. And 99% of this stuff is bullshit. Like today, somebody goes, oh, can we swear? Yeah, it's explicit. Swear as much as you want. So it's 99% of this stuff is is nonsense. It doesn't exist. Somebody goes today, oh yeah, your 300,000 coin block was sold at GTS. So GTS is the 44th floor of the Wells Fargo building in Miami. I can actually see it looking down from my condo. What is GTS? uh, It's an escrow. GTS is an escrow in Miami. Those are the only people actually making out. (laughs) And I was like, really? That's amazing. I was like, Stephen lives right down the road from me. He's, uh, I can see him in his office. If he would have made $500 million today, I think he would have went home early. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, so you're spying on people. <laughs> you know, well, the thing is, um, I was supposed to be the one purchasing that coin, and I know there was not another buyer there. Yeah. You know, I have, you know, and GTS is a great escrow. Um, shout out to Steven. He's been maintaining a lot of, repu- uh, is very reputable, despite the LinkedIn brokers saying that they have negative 20 discount coins on GTS. I can promise you that isn't real. If you want a real GTS seller, please call me but the thing is or buyer anything like i'm happy to make those connections what i became and started was what i called an otc concierge i don't call myself a desk i don't call myself a broker because what i do is i vet both sides of this if i've transacted with you i do trust your word if i've done business with you there's no reason for me not to trust you saying if you sold me ten thousand coin in the past and you have another guy selling you ten thousand coin now i'm gonna trust that because i've done work with you but what I don't trust is some random person who you do a small little check on who they are. They make $19,000 a year. They live in Encinitas, California in a trailer. And you're telling me that you have access to 100,000 Bitcoin. You're 68 years old. <laughs> like, you have no credibility in this industry to really be saying that. Or the guy named, um, I'm, actually we'll give his name. He had blacklisted 100% Deepak who got upset, made death threats against me and my family because a broker he was working with said that I closed the deal for 8 million Bitcoin. 8 million Bitcoin. 8 million, Not million Bitcoin. dollars. 8 million Bitcoin. And Christ. Yeah. yeah. And he lost his mind saying that me and this two other people that are really good friends of mine that I've transacted with cut him out of this deal. So my dad's dying. You know, it's very on everybody in the industry has pretty much known that. And he goes, I hope, you, you know, he tells my assistant that he hopes my dad dies a painful death in front of me so I can see it. He's going to murder my family. He's going to do this and this over a transaction that never closed. But because some idiot broker didn't want to admit that the deal didn't close because, I'm sorry, Bitcoin would have completely moved the market if 8 million Bitcoin transferred all at once to a wallet. Just being real. We would probably be just, having a just different a conversation. Of, yeah, it's just a teeny different conversation. Just a tick or two. So what's the total supply at right now? What, 16 million? So half, half the market. Half of all of Bitcoin. Half of all of Bitcoin. Four, you know, the half of those are already lost. So he pretty much has 90% of the supply. But what you're saying is that a lot of these situations that are essentially either scams or just not real or um, not, so they're, they're happening a lot. So this year, my, most of my real buyers, 
they're buying in trenches, 500 to 1,000 coin a day. Yeah. Um, I have $2 million a day buyers that are looking right now at like a 2% discount. I have a 100,000 coin buyer that's willing to do 10 to 20,000 coin tranches at a 3% discount. What is, what is a trench? Oh, uh, so <laughs> tranching. It is, talks about what you're talking about if like somebody did sell half the Bitcoin in the well, world. Well, if you were going to sell a ton of Bitcoin, you're not going to sell, nobody's going to be able to move $30 billion in a day, right? You can't just move, like, I'm going to call You split it, it up into pieces. You split it up into small pieces and tranch it out over days daily transactions to make the volume even, get a better dollar cost average and figure out where the market's really going to be. You plummet the thing that you just bought. Yeah. So, you know, if you sold 8 million Bitcoin, you would, uh, you know, completely <laughs> change the landscape of the market. If 90% of the circulating coins were in one person's hand and they put them in cold storage, you've reduced the supply to 10%. Bitcoin flies up. Mm-hmm. So it didn't happen, needless to say, but that's the norm. That is, uh, people think this stuff is real. They don't realize that there is a supply cap. They don't realize that this market is limited. And so there's people that have never been in the industry. They're in sales or they're in, you know, some of them are on commodities. Actually, two of my biggest clients are former commodities traders and they buy at 500 a day. And they're real. The, the sellers that I find are older people that I, their wallets have, you know, dates back to 2012, 2013 that are like, I'm wanting to sell half of what I have of my 40,000 coins. You know, the biggest trade I've ever done is like 100 and 106, 107,000 over the course of like a month. 107,000 Bitcoin? Yeah. And that was 2016. It doesn't happen anymore. Nobody's selling those large supplies anymore. You're selling. I'm. What Why do you think that is? More money's coming in. More money's coming in. The, you know, it's, it's going to be worth more, and they're like, "I'm going to hold well, on." Like, okay, so you've had like a hundred. Let's say Bitcoin had a hundred investors. Then it got like just a hypothetical number. When two hundred investors come in, same amount of Bitcoin, it's just spread in more, more hands. More hands. That's actually why I see the ICO market is doing what it's doing. Mm-hmm. We have two. It, it's a supply side mm-hmm. issue. You're saying correct. And so what I have to do now is like my clients, I bill them. I bill at a thousand an hour to source Bitcoin. You want me to go buy you Bitcoin? Wonderful. You're bill. I'm billing you at a thousand dollars an hour. Because I have to fly all over the country. I have to vet these things. I have to fly outside the country. I have to get you mining contracts. I bill you a lot because I'm the only one qualified to do it right now. And I'm literally building something to make people qualified to do it and give them a certification that they can do everything I can. The right, the and right people. The right people. And I'm very well in um, what I'm doing. And I, uh, I'm very confident that, you know, after I've taken care of my family, you know, uh, I help my family out with their stuff and I give a lot of my stuff instantly to charity before I even touch it. Uh, there's a couple organizations that receive anonymous donations regularly. And I think that what they're doing is um, so important that it's worth more than me having tons of money. I, I truly believe Bitcoin is going to be worth an exponentially greater amount than what it is now. So I live very frugally until that point. And, um, you know, when it gets, to, you know, let's say 100,000 of Bitcoin, whether I have 10, 100, 5,000 Bitcoin, it's not going to make a difference in my life. I'm still going to be perfectly well off. But what I'll see is a, a true community, a true ecosystem built around wherever the Bitcoin or blockchain marketplace moves. And CPO will be able to actually create that environment to where brokers will exist. They'll always exist because if there's money there, salesmen are going to be there. Traders are going to be there and there's going to be an environment. And it's being built to be able to dynamically move with that. And it'll keep bad actors away. My, black, my bad actor list is at 5,600 people. 5,600 people. Are these people that, that you dealt with? These are uh, people they, I've dealt with as scammers, period. Uh, they're scammers. There's people that have terrible procedures. They don't vet deals. They don't know what they're doing. 
people that sell eight, sell they are a seller of eight million Bitcoin. Um, <laughs> that guy's the, on your blacklist. The, the, again, something goes because the thing is, and I, I always give everybody a, a shot. Like I came from nothing. I grew up poor. Like you know, I I'm not somebody that was you know Miami trust fund baby. You know, I grew up in Tennessee. I grew up in you know I was in South Nashville. I was in. You know, I grew up around gangs. I grew up in a very rough environment. So I believe everybody should have an opportunity. I started Joe Token to build that opportunity to teach poor kids how to trade because that's what changed my life. I'm a, you know, I day trade. And I built this because everybody should be given a shot. And the thing is, it's the person with the authority, the person with the ability to tell you you're doing it wrong, here's how to fix it, and you ignore it because your ego or your emotion or fantasy gets in your head. You shouldn't be in this marketplace. It's not for you. It's not for a person that thinks they're going to make $50,000 a month instantly. You know, I, one guy literally hit me up for a month straight asking to borrow 50 grand from me. And he was an OTC broker. He hit you up for a month straight? A month straight. He actually started hitting up my assistant. super professional. He hit up my assistant asking to borrow 10 grand, saying he needed it for his kids. And he needed it for, these are scammers and they are real. Uh, my friend on LinkedIn, Shy, he got scammed for four Bitcoin. He actually loaned it to him. Never got it back. Uh, another person. But this is a common thing. You... Um, they get in touch with you. They have a. They've they've evolved. They've developed their procedures. Oh God, yes. And they, you know, they're now they're talking Swift messages and MT one hundred three seventy twos. And so you're saying they're sort of the Nigerian scams oh, of, yeah. the, of the crypto they, world. They're all. They all think they're real. And that, the the worst part of this is, is because of that point one one percent chance of it being real, people chase it. It's not like a Nigerian <laughs> scam. We all knew it BS. Okay. Right. It's. There's that 0.1% chance that it's real, so you chase it. But you're looking to fix this. I'm, fi- I'm going to fix it. And I, I, it's not that I'm, I, I built everything to fix it. Now it's building scalability. It's getting the ability to let people, users exist in the system. And it's uh, everything's already built for me. What I'm looking to do is scale it. Earlier you were talking about that. Maybe it was kind of like a joke, but you were saying that you were looking for a way to clone yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did you mean? Is that a way of making it more scalable? What are we talking yeah, about? It's here? a scalability thing. So every program that I've built is everything that I use for my daily work. What I'm looking to do is just make that scalable, make it to where there's a, a vetting process for everyone, make it gamified so people enjoy it. And it, make, it allows them to actually get the same knowledge I have. Everything there, they can learn, they can become a better broker, they can really make something happen in their lives and really change. They won't be a product of their environment. My biggest thing is charity. My biggest thing is community. And for me, it's how do I take people who grew up like me, not with everything handed to them and give them the opportunity to do it for themselves. The failures will be blacklisted and they will, scammers will die and they will leave this industry. So you're, you're uh, cleaning up the swamp, so to speak. I'm cleaning up the swamp, <laughs> but I'll actually do it. I, you know, <laughs> I, and it really is a swamp out there. And it's and really you're saying bad. that this list is going to make it out at some point. Um, yeah, I'm looking to try to finish it up in the next 60 to 90 days, have at least a beta launch for everyone. Um, right now, we're considering... Even like a submission what feature information, or something. What information do you keep on your blacklist? Pretty much the transaction, all contact info, social media profiles. The, and everything like you can, essentially. IP addresses they haven't really needed yet because there's not been the point of getting to a transaction. They start asking for information. And that's where I cut things off now. Back then, I used to have like G1M and GTG yeah. key. We'd keep record of their IP address when they'd send like a fake Satoshi from Exchange Wall. We'd actually start monitoring where they were. But now I don't let it get to that point because the best way to protect my clients and, you know, the security that I use, like I use FIPS uh, 140-2 level 3 hard drives to store everything. Like it's secure, secure. There's a lot of letters. That sounds pretty secure. Yeah. (laughs) So that's what the NSA uses to encrypt. And uh, so I keep all their stuff safe. And the best way to continue keeping my clients safe, buyers and sellers, 
is by never letting them get information you should on honeypot. You should literally take a salary, like give somebody a salary and have them actually interact with these people and actually let it fo- follow down further so down the rabbit I, hole. I, well, you actually do that now. <laughs> Just to get more information we to build it, the list. We, with the thing is, there's a person named uh, Vincent, or not Vincent, starts with a V. I don't have it with me, but there's a, he actually runs an entire group of scammers out of India. I actually, I'm not going to, recently this last, <laughs> he's about to say something. Sometime, yes, he's I like, was. Uh, sometime in this, this last year, <laughs> I was at a conference sponsored by a scam. Mm-hmm. Really? This, 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 yeah. This whole conference is sponsored, sponsored by mm-hmm. it's, it's, the, it's the key sponsor. That's another thing that talk about scammers as in scamming Bitcoin. Are there entire scam conferences too, like the organizers? Yep. 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 So, I got I got requested to be on a panel by one that just looks super sketchy and I'm like uh, Send it over to us after I'll let you know. You're sketchy, so no, I'm just joking. No. That's, uh, that's, 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 that's the one thing about crypto that everyone needs to like if you could take one thing away from this, there is nine ninety nine out of a hundred people in this industry are full of will, shit. Yeah, right. There's a hundred <laughs> people that they can say that you know, say openly that I can do this thing and there's one out of one them that, that can actually yep. do it. And when you find these people, your life will be so much better. Your business will make so much more money. It will impact so many more people positively. Mm-hmm. If you just do one thing, right? You either. Do you think you that's across, more than like the regular industry? Uh, like the regular world? What? Yeah, it's more than the regular world, like like in real estate? Or... It's where the opportunity is. It's market opportunity. Do you think it's, is it getting worse or is it getting, yes, it's getting, getting worse? It's getting way worse. It, uh, oh, every really? day it's, it's getting more saturated. I so agree. finish what I'm saying. If you can f- take a hold of that one person that you find, right, and either hire them or become their best friend, do not let them leave your side until you have accumulated five or six people that are legit. And that's your stepping stone right there. You can build the found. That's the foundation of a successful company in this industry. It's so dynamic so and so fluid. Five, six key players. That's it. That's, you just but you just gotta just find that one real one first. That's the yep. key. What he's saying is. That one. You just yeah, but right now, the way the way both of you are making it sound is like it's a needle in a haystack problem. It's um, a fucking joke. I would say needle in a haystack is an understatement. Yeah. I'd say it's finding <laughs> a, a diamond at the bottom of a volcano, <laughs> finding at the bottom of Mount Fuji. What? <laughs> Literally, I have I pay my I, I have like various moonlighting jobs, and my co-founder and I vet ICOs and blockchain projects for major venture capital organizations because. These guys in 2017 and early 2018, they were trying to throw money in every single blockchain. Even the word, like, if, like seriously, if it had the word blockchain, and these guys were it throwing was the money IST in it. company that put yeah, blockchain, yeah, yeah. and then their stock rose. Although they got they got smacked for that, they got delisted. My company for that. didn't get smacked. Blockchain got, Industries is still dude, traded on the stock exchange. Yeah. They all got, they Wait, all you got actually have to do with blockchain up. though. They were iced tea. <laughs> that was true. just bullshit. I mean, blockchain iced tea. Why not? <laughs> so what? So what advice do you have for somebody looking for one of these needles in the haystack, or you know, the diamond at the bottom of the ocean, oh, or it doesn't you know, exist. If it's too good to be true, mm-hmm. it is. If it's too good to be true, it is. And stop going to conferences. Yep. Stop going to conferences? Yes. You think, uh, it's, a, you think it's where they hang out? Any expensive conference, don't go to. Mm-hmm. Uh, builders, don't go there. And I say builders by people that actually build these things. What about dev conferences? Like, we're just all about development. See, I don't, uh, hackathons are cool. I, hack- I'd say hackathons are the way to go. That. But I, I mean, like, there's a reason Vitalik avoided consensus. It's not what it used to be. No. And I'll say that openly. It's a shit openly. show. Like, it's, it's, a shit really, show. it's a trade show. It's a, it's a way for rich people to talk about how much money they made this year. And the OGs of crypto are gone. 
That's, yeah, I I mean, saw, we when, literally saw that at the last conference where I had, like this guy talking about how much money he makes. Like, yeah, it happens. Like, if you want me to never, ever, ever trust you, tell me how much money you have, or tell me that you're gonna mm-hmm. change the world. I, 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 I stop listening right there. Well, I am gonna change the world with CPO eventually. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're gonna change the world, and then tell me you changed it. Like, yeah, you're gonna like come a- back, hey Matt, I'm gonna change the world. Like, uh, another thing that we should probably touch on is fucking founder syndrome oh my god i don't know i don't know how else you can talk about it like these people oh i founded a company yeah you're saying it's like these developers yet and it's not existing and it doesn't have a revenue stream if it doesn't provide stable income for its staff like you haven't founded shit yeah, you just talk about it. <laughs> you just talk about it. And you stole a bunch of people's yeah, money. And you really, did. That's it, it's, yeah. you, you created theft. And then when you don't have a market maker and you drop your coin from $1.50 to $0.13 because you pissed off every market maker in the industry because you said you have no responsibility to your investors, you know who cough, you cough. are. That is a huge problem because you founded something. You have this major ego syndrome saying that you're going to go build it. You've got their 66,000 Ether. You're going to go build what you want. But screw everybody that bought your token. Or you could actually build it or just fuck around long enough for people to not pay attention anymore. Or spend $3,000 per model and buy a bunch of bottles of Dom Perignon P2. Yeah, people keep doing that. That last thing people keep doing. <laughs> build like, a product first. Yeah, build the no. product first and then show, me, show it to me with the hot model. No, I, just rather, I would rather go. It's like a, what is it, like a honeypot. Well, no, think about right? it. Is that just a, <laughs> if you could put a nice, snazzy party, it's like conferences. It's like if you could literally round up everybody that shouldn't be in the industry and get them all in one place. At, oh, it is that party. That's what they, I'm saying. It's a honeypot. It's, 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 you oh could literally. God, you're you right. Could, so, when and how does this get any better? Network, Do you see it happening? I'm yes. Part of this, what CPO is, is that the network it's going to build is weeding out bad actors and bringing the good ones to light. You'll be able to network with other solid people in the industry, other people with solid procedures. Essentially, my network. There's like, it's what I'm building is so it can advance, scale and be able to, you can come mentor under me. You Change can come, the world. So essentially, once you find one trusted person, they know the other trusted people. They do. Trusted, I mean, think people. about it. Like, him and I met through somebody I knew five years ago. Mm-hmm. And I trust him with my, I literally hand him my private key right now. And I know I have all my money there tomorrow. And so it's like, these are, he's like, these are my two best friends, Charles and Matt. And I'm like, oh, wonderful. I'm like, oh, I can trust them with my life. Because when you work with people that you would trust with anything, the people they associate with are the same way. Otherwise, they'll introduce you to an acquaintance of theirs. It's not somebody like, yeah, they're cool, but you know, like they're cool. And you know, though you can tell who your best friends are and the ones that you can trust with your life and the ones that you have to deal with because they exist in this Mm -hmm. industry until we push them away. I have a question which I wanted to ask you earlier, Joe. So you're going to put this blacklist out there. Mm Mm-hmm. Right now, I would. I hope you have private security uh, ready to go. Yes, and and that's where that's exactly where I was going. Is so I I know you you probably have some libertarian leanings, and those folks are very familiar with the term blowback. Mm -hmm. You're. Have you thought about? You could publish it anonymously and break it out into bits, just like a big BTC transaction. It's going to be published um, publicly on the website. And there will be reviews for each and every one of them. So every person before it gets actually publicly posted, there's going to have to be corresponding evidence from other people who've dealt with the hey, same people. You should, we should partner with Origin Protocol for this. Their uh, ERC seven twenty five, the identity, uh, the identity thing. Uh, I can't believe I just said identity thing to one of our business partners. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's the right idea, but it's uh, the whole goal is, I'll explain it, going too far into what I've already built. Or, what it is, is it's going to allow for people who trust each other to build trust. Uh, what I believe in is there should be a trustless trust mechanism. A reason that it's like, 
If 100 people say you can trust Matt, that all are people you trust, then you should trust him. If 100 people that you don't trust or you do trust that say you shouldn't trust this guy, and here's corresponding evidence as to why, it should be publicly available. So if some guy tells you... So like a, a ranking system on the blockchain. There's so ranking systems for everything else. Uh, you don't go on Yelp. Like the businesses on Yelp aren't angry because somebody gave a bad review. Like I'm sure they are, but it doesn't really affect the industry. We have no standards, no mm-hmm. vetting system. This is the one... Like, that's something. It's like when people are like, oh, you're an expert at... Like, there is no, no there is no experts. We don't have experts. Like I've been in the industry for two, three years, and the only people that have more experience than me have maybe been in four or five. And it's like, and the thing <laughs> is, and I know people that have been in less time than me that know more yeah. than me. Like, there's stuff. I, I'm not a dev. I'm a guy that has an, a knack for solving problems. But you, I, you go talk to dev work, talk to me. I'm like, mm-hmm. I know a little bit of what you're saying. Yeah. It doesn't. The the. I know the word. I know the letters ERC. That's yeah, right. the industry is too new. That's the no, whole problem. Nobody's no one's truly an expert. expert. It's the the ability. I would say that there are people who have spent more time accumulating knowledge. But I wouldn't call myself an expert at And to touch on that, the uh, people are going to legal experts. Another, speaking of price gouging, are all these lawyers switching to becoming blockchain lawyers, mm-hmm. crypto lawyers, companies that, you know, have initials that begin in G and P and you know, all the other ones that charge startups, right? These are startups. Mm-hmm. I'd say the only... How are they going to afford... Five hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars to pay you. Well, I would say there's there's some that the the easiest gauge on the attorney side of things is look at every attorney that was at Coins in the Kingdom in 2014. None of them are price gouging, but nobody knows their names because they're not spending fortunes on marketing. Yep. Uh, Sasha Hotter, if you're in Florida, hit her up. I will say I will have to plug her because she's amazing mm-hmm. and uh, she's not crazy. And uh, <laughs> ooh, all now, the attorneys that I know have partnered with by helping blockchain startups all took token. And no joke, they don't practice law anymore yeah. they don't, they don't I mean, do I've been saying this when I have every time I ever need help with legal and legal question involving this industry uh, she's been very solid to go to and the best actually the best advice I can give people is go look at the attendance list for coins in the kingdom 2014 that was put together by Rosa and Gabe uh, we had the first coins in the kingdom 2014 yep and that is the best place to go that attendance list you can see who's real in crypto right there. You will see every top name that runs mm-hmm. the top company right now that actually has a real product that's on that tennis list. The, there you go. And that's like your whitelist right there already. That is your whitelist. Yeah. <laughs> and there's the best place to stop it right there. Yeah. yeah. I want to get your guys' closing thoughts. Do you have anything you want to give to the audience that they need to know that we haven't already talked about? You can take how, that. How bad do I want to hit it? <laughs> so, the best thing I shit. can say is stop instantly jumping on every ICO your friend talks about. Read the fucking white paper. My God. The amount of people I see jumping on projects that haven't even looked at the white paper is embarrassing. Don't follow your friends. <laughs> Don't I mean, invest in projects that only have white papers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I, you know, I put money into stuff that has either, if it doesn't have a fully built project, I put it in stuff that has the partnerships that will make sure it does. If you're partnering with Apple, Samsung, Google, you're like, oh, well, they're definitely going to have a product. Like, like, Rubi- like Rubik's? Like Rubik's or Versus or, um, yeah, Versus will be out by then. So I can say mm-hmm. that. That's my biggest, biggest investment this year because they are working on the protocol. They have a solid team and they have the biggest partnerships in the world. Like, or look for them to have a real project, like a real mm-hmm. product. If you have a product now, hit it. Yeah. Otherwise, don't invest in something that's talking about pontificating around a circle jerk of crypto people saying, oh, yeah. we're going to change the world by circle yeah. jerking around it. The industry is growing up to answer your question. 
All right. The industry is growing up. Mm-hmm. Luckily, the ICO shit show that happened last year is passing and investors want more. So investors naturally, because 97 to 98% of the shit they invested in last year is at zero. They learned the hard way. I've noticed now there's more focusing on compliance. Mm-hmm. Security tokens are making a big I'm, I'm push. Big, I'm a huge fan. Yep, me too. Security to- Guys, if we can do two things right, if we can do security tokens right, <laughs> and if we can do micro equity right, we will make the NASDAQ obsolete. Yep, overnight. Yep. We, I mean, it's the most, it'll be the most effective way to launch public <laughs> I mean, you and I were talking about we, it last yeah, night. We it's, win the uh, game, guys. We win, we win the and game. that's the whole goal. I'm here to win. I, uh, and I that's like why better. Overstock.com is involved with T-Zero. Mm-hmm. Or at least, at least Patrick Burns is CEO oh, of let's it. Let's put it this way. The, the one, one of the ICOs I just mentioned... I'll send you their partnership list. Yeah. You're going to have a conniption fit. <laughs> it's Rubik's par- is partnered with, what, 10,000 banks? Mm-hmm. Rubik's is huge versus, versus is the huge. partnerships for the God tier of everything that I've ever wanted in life. <laughs> and I, Jesus, Jesus, this Jesus is, Christ as, himself this is, is a as a person who is an ICO advisor on a bunch of projects that we believe in, right? We are the exception to the rule. When you see advisors on these companies... 99.9% of them are getting paid, right? This is another thing that investors don't know, right? The When you go to an advisor board on a launch site, 80% of those people are paid, right? And paid on like sums of money that would make you nauseous, mm-hmm. right? And then 20, all I do is sit there and a month. It's, it's just, they're statues. They're literally selling their face mm-hmm. for a certain dollar a month to mislead investors. Yep. Investors are investing in your company because you think that guy, this smart guy, this guy that I respect in the community is advising these guys. They're going to get great advice. They're going to be shaped into something that's really, really awesome. And that guy just shows up and gets a check and dot like yeah. some of these advisors. Oh, isn't there one that was on so many projects? 300 projects, I believe it was. And then... Uh, What's the math on that? I think it was like he had enough time <laughs> to do three minutes a day for each project. Yeah. No, three minutes a week, I think it was what it was. was an I, did an ICO listing site like oh, they, rank advisors? Oh, they ranked advisors. And then he went from number one or it went from number one to, I think, 50 overnight. Ah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's another thing to look out for. Yeah, another thing to look out. I mean, yeah. that's the thing. I, if I'm in, I actually recently just accepted the <coughs> first advisory position. Okay. And, Congratulations. Um, and I've been the skeptical. The has begun. Well, I've been skeptical <laughs> to do it. But the thing is, I've already told everybody that's asked me in the past, I go, the only thing I'd ever charge for is a little bit of my time and my expenses. I have an assistant I pay, and I have to have expenses if you're going to make me go do speeches. Mm-hmm. If you're advising a company, you're not taking it for the salary up front. You're not saying it, selling it to whore out your face. You're saying because you have something to offer that company, and you can advise them to do something that they need to do. That doesn't cost eighty grand a month. It doesn't cost like <laughs> me. Like I bill, like I bill a thousand hour for OTC because it does take that much expenses for me to actually fly people out, deal with all this stuff, and hop on international flights and buy brand new laptops to do forensics on that are like air gap laptops. Like it's a, it's a very expensive process. But for like an ICO, I bill. I think I probably bill between three and five, depending on the expenses for the month. Three mm-hmm. to five thousand a month is a very reasonable number. And then you take a little bit in their token because you believe in their project. Well, it's not not as long as you're doing more than three minutes. Yeah, three, I mean, I, I mean, if I'm spending, if somebody's paying me five thousand dollars, I expect at least fucking you know five hours of work a week on it. Yeah, yeah. So I want to close out with 
What resources do you think people should look into to learn more about um, some of what we talked about today? Or yeah, anything on topic. I'd say connect with me on LinkedIn. And, uh, you know, that'd be an easiest way to do it. I post stuff regularly there. There's not a specific one-shop resource yet. Joe is actually taking over my LinkedIn, so yeah. just or, or find him on LinkedIn. Or let's say just any any interesting article or YouTube video that you thought, oh, this is interesting. Just maybe some type of quick tidbit that some of our listeners can take away. I want to say Telegram. You can get into these communities, right? The official channels of these things that you're going to think about investing. Ask very, very, very hard questions. An admin can get somebody very high up in the company on the line in a very reasonable amount of time. Don't believe the hype. Listen, these people are asking you for money. You have the right... To, to pester, ask any question yeah, you want. Pester the shit out of them mm-hmm. until you get oh, yeah. the people, answers people to your questions. Do that. <laughs> well, that's one thing too. Um, I <laughs> also have a crypto channel that's just dedicated to trading, new projects, stuff like that. It's a crypto high as an H I G H, and then it's a H I G H T S. So crypto heights. Um, it's a very small community, but I'm happy to share it with everyone. My assistant made me start it to start helping people who wanted to be involved in the community, wanted to learn to trade better. It's free. Uh, to the extent of until you start taking too much of my time. But I, I do, the community there we've built is amazing. It's some of the leaders in crypto. It's some of the leaders in news. It's some of the leaders in every aspect of this community. You it's know, just a I, Telegram channel? It's a Telegram channel. Yeah. And okay. feel free. And we have friends that we all talk. It's a bunch of friends now. It's like 160 yeah. friends. And they're really great so now people. listeners are invited to to join in this Absolutely. rare opportunity to join uh, some, some of the most knowledgeable people in crypto. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't also just do don't your own research. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, look at look at the smile on his face. I just it's like don't he just my ego. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just do your own research. Mm-hmm. Don't buy anything because anyone tells you to ever yeah, ever. I agree. It doesn't matter like what it is, crypto, <laughs> anything. Right? It's just imagine you're spent. You're investing your parents' Fidget money. Spinner. What? Oh, he's a fidget spinner. Like, uh, don't don't just buy anything because your friends tell you to. Oh, yeah. Fidget spinner, hoverboard, um, all, the, to, all the fads. Just imagine that you're investing your parents' money. Right, how oh. much research would you do? Well, that's the thing. I mean, for my parents, I'd do a ton. But at the same time, I wouldn't even say just about not your parents' money. I'd say, imagine if you were spending your last penny, if you're going to live or die based on this investment. I, I, I see everything in life as live or die. So it's like, am I going to do this? Is it going to benefit me and my future? Or is it going to hurt me or my future? And if you look at it in that perspective, not how much money you're going to make. Take money. Be emotionless when it comes to your money. Is it going to benefit you in the future? Are you going to have a better life or worse life? If you scale it on that right there, that's the way to go. Awesome. Educate yourself. <laughs> so, guys, we're, uh, we're out yeah. of time. But yeah. I want to <laughs> thank you so much for coming on the podcast. We, I think both Align and I learned a ton. <laughs> and sure. I'm glad to be here. I'm happy to be this part of This could have gone a lot longer, obviously. Uh, hopefully, both of you would, would come back and oh, talk absolutely. to us a little more. Sure. Yeah. It's always fun to hear about all the crappy things happening, but all the good things we can do about it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Thank you guys so much. And we'll link uh, how to find you guys. So, Matt, you're at deedcoinlaunch.com if, if people want to find out more about what you guys are doing at Deedcoin. And then what's uh, Ledger Leaps? Just ledgerleap.com. We know, obviously, Blockchain Industries has their website. Uh, CPO Ventures will be launching a website soon with the beta of the platform. And then, like I said, LinkedIn is the easiest way to get a hold of me uh, or Joe at cpoventures.com. You know, feel free to connect with me personally. I like to build personal relationships with people. I believe this industry is founded on that and should continue. Uh, so get in contact with me, um, you know, and I'll happily show you what I'm building.
Excellent. And you have my telegram. <laughs> All right, guys. I think time to, to cut it. Yep, absolutely. Have a good night, guys. You too. Thank you for listening to a Bit Cryptic podcast. A Bit Cryptic podcast is hosted by Alain Leon, Dang Du, and myself, Jeff Peterson. Show notes are by our editor in chief, Dang Du. Website is by Sammy Toucan and his team at Pack Surge Media. Remember, nothing we say in this show is meant to be financial advice. If you like this episode, please share it with your friends and family. Thank you for listening. And remember, keep it cryptic.